God wants us to come near to Him. It's the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. What's new with you today? It's the Law Monday, and we'll complete the book of Exodus with chapters 37 through 40. I'm calling this episode, A Picture of Jesus. Before we start our reading, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today, and I pray, God, that you would teach us as we read. Bless our time together, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go. Exodus chapter 37. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Its length was two and a half cubits, and its width a cubit and a half, and a cubit and a half its height. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold for it around it. He cast four rings of gold for it in its four feet, even two rings on its one side and two rings on its other side. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to bear the ark. He made a mercy seat of pure gold. Its length was two and a half cubits, and a cubit and a half its width. He made two cherubim of gold. He made them of beaten work at the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub at the one end and one cherub at the other end. He made the cherubim of one piece with the mercy seat at its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces toward one another. The faces of the cherubim were toward the mercy seat. He made the table of acacia wood. Its length was two cubits, its width was a cubit, and its height was a cubit and a half. He overlaid it with pure gold and made a gold molding around it. He made a border of a hand width around it and made a golden molding on its border around it. He cast four rings of gold for it, and put the rings in the four corners that were on its four feet. The rings were close by the border, the places for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood, and overlaid them with gold to carry the table. He made the vessels which were on the table, its dishes, its spoons, its bowls, and its pitchers with which to pour out, of pure gold. He made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of beaten work. Its base, its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its flowers were of one piece with it. There were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of its one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of its other side. Three cups made like almond blossoms in one branch, a bud and a flower, and three cups made like almond blossoms in the other branch, a bud and a flower. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. In the lampstand were four cups made like almond blossoms, its bud and its flowers, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, and a bud under two branches of one piece with it, for the six branches going out of it. Their buds and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole thing was one beaten work of pure gold. He made its seven lamps and its snuffers and its snuff dishes of pure gold. He made it of a talent of pure gold, with all its vessels. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. It was square. Its length was a cubit, and its width a cubit. 
Its height was two cubits. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top, its sides around it, and its horns. He made a gold molding around it. He made two golden rings for it under its molding crown, on its two ribs, on its two sides, for places for poles with which to carry it. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices after the art of the perfumer. Exodus chapter 38 He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. It was square. Its length was five cubits, its width was five cubits, and its height was three cubits. He made its horns on its four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with brass. He made all the vessels of the altar, the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the firepans. He made all its vessels of brass. He made for the altar a grating of a network of brass, under the ledge around it beneath, reaching halfway up. He cast four rings for the four ends of brass grating, to be places for the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with brass. He put the poles into the rings on the sides of the altar with which to carry it. He made it hollow with planks. He made the basin of brass and its base of brass out of the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered at the door of the tent of meeting. He made the court. For the south side southward, the hangings of the court were of fine twined linen, one hundred cubits. Their pillars were twenty, and their sockets twenty, of brass. The hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. For the north side, one hundred cubits, their pillars twenty, and their sockets twenty, of brass. The hooks of the pillars and their fillets of silver. For the west side were hangings of fifty cubits, their pillars ten and their sockets ten, the hooks of the pillars and their fillets of silver. For the east side eastward, fifty cubits. The hangings for the one side were fifteen cubits, their pillars three, and their sockets three, and so for the other side. On this hand and on that hand, by the gate of the court, were hangings of fifteen cubits, their pillars three, and their sockets three. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen. The pillars of the court were filleted with silver. The screen for the gate of the court was the work of the embroiderer, of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. Twenty cubits was the length, and the height and the width was five cubits, like to the hangings of the court. Their pillars were four, and their sockets four, of brass. Their hooks of silver, and the overlaying of their capitals, and their fillets of silver. All the pins of the tabernacle, and around the court, were of brass. This is the amount of material used for the tabernacle, even the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were counted, according to the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites, by the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that Yahweh commanded Moses. With him was Oholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and a skillful workman and an embroiderer in blue, in purple, in scarlet, and in fine linen. All the gold that was used for the work in all the work of the sanctuary, even the gold of the offering, was twenty-nine talents and seven hundred thirty shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver of those who were numbered of the congregation was one hundred talents and one thousand seven hundred seventy-five shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca ahead, 
that is, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone who passed over to those who were numbered, from twenty years old and upward, for six hundred three thousand five hundred fifty men. The one hundred talents of silver were for casting the sockets of the sanctuary and the sockets of the veil. One hundred sockets for the one hundred talents, a talent for a socket. Of the one thousand seven hundred seventy-five shekels, he made hooks for the pillars, overlaid their capitals, and made fillets for them. The brass of the offering was seventy talents and two thousand four hundred shekels. With this he made the sockets to the door of the tent of meeting, the bronze altar, the bronze grating for it, all the vessels of the altar, the sockets around the court, the sockets of the gate of the court, all the pins of the tabernacle, and all the pins around the court. Exodus chapter 39 They used blue, purple, and red thread to make woven clothes for the priests to wear when they served in the holy place. They made the holy clothes for Aaron as the Lord had commanded Moses. They made the holy vest of gold and blue, purple, and red thread and fine linen. They hammered the gold into sheets and then cut it into long, thin strips. They worked the gold into the blue, purple, and red thread and fine linen. This was done by skilled craftsmen. They made the shoulder straps for the holy vest, which were attached to the top corners of the vest and tied together over each shoulder. The skillfully woven belt was made in the same way. It was joined to the holy vest as one piece. It was made of gold and blue, purple, and red thread and fine linen, the way the Lord commanded Moses. They put gold around the onyx stones and then wrote the names of the sons of Israel on those gems, as a person carves words and designs on a seal. Then they attached the gems on the shoulder straps of the holy vest, as reminders of the twelve sons of Israel. This was done just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The skilled craftsmen made the chest covering like the holy vest. It was made of gold and blue, purple, and red thread and fine linen. The chest covering was square, nine inches long and nine inches wide, and it was folded double to make a pocket. Then they put four rows of beautiful jewels on it. In the first row there was a ruby, a topaz, and a yellow quartz. In the second there was a turquoise, a sapphire, and an emerald. In the third there was a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. In the fourth there was a chrysolite, an onyx, and a jasper. Gold was put around these jewels to attach them to the chest covering and the names of the sons of Israel were carved on these twelve jewels as a person carves a seal. Each jewel had the name of one of the twelve tribes of Israel. They made chains of pure gold, twisted together like a rope, for the chest covering. The workers made two gold pieces and two gold rings. They put the two gold rings on the two upper corners of the chest covering. Then they put two gold chains into the two rings at the ends of the chest covering and they fastened the other two ends of the chains to the two gold pieces. They attached these gold pieces to the two shoulder straps in the front of the holy vest. They made two gold rings and put them at the lower corners of the chest covering on the inside edge next to the holy vest. They made two more gold rings on the bottom of the shoulder straps in front of the holy vest near the seam just above the woven belt of the holy vest. They used a blue ribbon and tied the rings of the chest covering to the rings of the holy vest, connecting it to the woven belt. 
In this way, the chest covering would not swing out from the holy vest. They did all these things the way the Lord commanded. Then they made the outer robe to be worn under the holy vest. It was woven only of blue cloth. They made a hole in the center of the outer robe with a woven collar sewn around it so it would not tear. Then they made balls like pomegranates of blue, purple, and red thread in fine linen and hung them around the bottom of the outer robe. They also made bells of pure gold and hung these around the bottom of the outer robe between the balls. So around the bottom of the outer robe there was a bell and a pomegranate ball, a bell and a pomegranate ball. The priest wore this outer robe when he served as a priest, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. They wove inner robes of fine linen for Aaron and his sons, and they made turbans, headbands, and underclothes of fine linen. Then they made the cloth belt of fine linen in blue, purple, and red thread, and designs were sewn into it just as the Lord had commanded Moses. They made a strip of pure gold, which is the holy crown, and carved these words in the gold, as one might carve on a seal, Holy to the Lord. Then they tied this flat piece to the turban with a blue ribbon, as the Lord had commanded Moses. So all the work on the meeting tent was finished. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then they brought the holy tent to Moses. The tent and all its furniture, hooks, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the covering made of male sheepskins colored red, the covering made of fine leather, and the curtain that covered the entrance to the Most Holy Place, the Ark of the Agreement, its poles and lid, the table, all its containers, and the bread that showed they were in God's presence, the pure gold lampstand with its lamps in a row, all its tools, and the olive oil for the light, the gold altar, the special olive oil used for appointing priests, the sweet-smelling incense, and the curtain that covered the entrance to the holy tent, the bronze altar and its screen, its poles and all its tools, the bowl and its stand, the curtains for the courtyard with their posts and bases, the curtain that covered the entry to the courtyard, the cords, pegs, and all the things in the meeting tent. They brought the clothes for the priests to wear when they served in the holy tent, the holy clothes for Aaron the priest and the clothes for his sons, which they wore when they served as priests. The Israelites had done all this work just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses looked closely at all the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. So Moses blessed them. Exodus chapter 40 Then the Lord said to Moses, On the first day of the first month, set up the holy tent, which is the meeting tent. Put the ark of the agreement in it and hang the curtain in front of the ark. Bring in the table and arrange everything on the table that should be there. Then bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. Put the gold altar for burning incense in front of the Ark of the Agreement, and put the curtain at the entrance to the holy tent. Put the altar of burnt offerings in front of the entrance of the holy tent, the meeting tent. Put the bowl between the meeting tent and the altar, and put water in it. Set up the courtyard around the holy tent and put the curtain at the entry to the courtyard. Use the special olive oil and pour it on the holy tent and everything in it, in order to give the tent and all that is in it for service to the Lord. They will be holy. Pour the special oil on the altar for burnt offerings and on all its tools. 
Give the altar for service to God, and it will be very holy. Then pour the special olive oil on the bowl and the base under it, so that they will be given for service to God. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the meeting tent, and wash them with water. Then put the holy clothes on Aaron. Pour the special oil on him, and give him for service to God, so that he may serve me as a priest. Bring Aaron's sons and put the inner robes on them. Pour the special oil on them in the same way that you appointed their father as priest, so that they may also serve me as priests. Pouring oil on them will make them a family of priests, they and their descendants from now on. Moses did everything that the Lord commanded him. So the holy tent was set up on the first day of the first month during the second year after they left Egypt. When Moses set up the holy tent, he put the bases in place, and he put the frames on the bases. Next, he put the crossbars through the rings of the frames and set up the posts. After that, Moses spread the cloth over the holy tent and put the covering over it, just as the Lord commanded. Moses put the stone tablets that had the agreement written on them into the ark. He put the poles through the rings of the ark and put the lid on it. Next, he brought the ark into the tent and hung the curtain to cover the ark, just as the Lord commanded him. Moses put the table in the meeting tent on the north side of the holy tent in front of the curtain. Then he put the bread on the table before the Lord, just as the Lord commanded him. Moses put the lampstand in the meeting tent on the south side of the holy tent across from the table. Then he put the lamps on the lampstand before the Lord, just as the Lord commanded him. Moses put the gold altar for burning incense in the meeting tent in front of the curtain. Then he burned sweet-smelling incense on it, just as the Lord commanded him. Then he hung the curtain at the entrance to the holy tent. He put the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance to the holy tent, the meeting tent, and offered a whole burnt offering and grain offerings on it, just as the Lord commanded him. Moses put the bowl between the meeting tent and the altar for burnt offerings, and he put water in it for washing. Moses, Aaron, and Aaron's sons used this water to wash their hands and feet. They washed themselves every time they entered the meeting tent, and every time they went near the altar for burnt offerings, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses set up the courtyard around the holy tent and the altar, and he put up the curtain at the entry to the courtyard. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the meeting tent, and the glory of the Lord filled the holy tent. Moses could not enter the meeting tent, because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the holy tent. When the cloud rose from the holy tent, the Israelites would begin to travel. But as long as the cloud stayed on the holy tent, they did not travel. They stayed in that place until the cloud rose. So the cloud of the Lord was over the holy tent during the day, and there was a fire in the cloud at night. So all the Israelites could see the cloud while they traveled. Well, beloved, as we close the book of Exodus, I think it's important to talk about the significance of the tabernacle, given the fact that God gave Moses such intricate detail about how it was to be constructed. We can see how important the tabernacle was to God and therefore his people. So why was it so important? Well, it represented the very presence of God. His presence was there in a very tangible way. And this was where the Ark of the Covenant was. This is where sacrifices were made for the sins of the people. 
This is where the priests did their ministries. The tabernacle was the center of the spiritual life for the children of Israel. This is where they could draw near to God and at the same time be reminded that He is holy. But more than that, the tabernacle was a picture of the coming Messiah. How so? Well, first, the name itself points to Jesus. Tabernacle means dwelling place. And when Jesus came to earth, he truly was Emmanuel, which means God with us or God dwelling with us. Now, there were eight main parts of the tabernacle. First was the enclosure around the tabernacle, which was made of linen curtains. This illustrated the separation between God and man caused by sin. This separation shows our need for Jesus the Messiah. The second part of the tabernacle was the door. There was only one entrance, one door to the tabernacle through that enclosure. The fact that there was a door showed that God wants us to come near to him. And in John 10:9, Jesus said, I am the door. Inside the outer court, the first thing you saw after you walked through the door was the bronze altar for burnt offerings. The priests would offer sacrifices for the atonement of sin or for giving thanks, worship, or praise. Animals used in the sacrifices were bulls, goats, or lambs. Jesus is what? The Lamb of God, the once and final sacrifice. The next object in the outer court of the tabernacle was the bronze basin, which the priests used each day for cleaning themselves before meeting with God. The sacrifice Jesus made for us cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now, at the back of the outer court was an enclosed tent called the Holy Place, where only a priest could enter. Inside the Holy Place was a curtain which divided it into a front half and a back half. The back was the Holy of Holies, or Most Holy Place, or Inner Sanctuary. Inside of the Holy Place were three more objects that pointed to Jesus. There was the table with the showbread, or the bread of the presence. There were twelve loaves of bread, which were an offering to God. The bread represented God's presence with mankind, His provision for us, and that He is our source of life. And Jesus said in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Now, also in the holy place was the golden lampstand, which provided light in the space and represented the light of God's presence. In John 8.12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Another object in the holy place was the altar of incense. Sacred incense was burned there all day and all night, and it represented the prayers of the people rising up as a sweet fragrance to God. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. And then behind the veil, in the most holy place, where a priest could only enter once a year to bring a sacrifice which would atone for the sins of the people, was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, inside the ark was Aaron's rod, which represented God's grace to deliver. Also in the ark was a jar of manna, which showed God's power to provide. And then lastly, the stone tablets upon which God wrote the Ten Commandments, which showed God's holiness as we relate to Him and mankind. So the three things represented in the Ark of the Covenant were God's grace to deliver, God's power to provide, and God's holiness. Deliverance, provision, and holiness. Do you see the parallels? Sure. 
Jesus fulfilled the Ten Commandments living a perfect, sinless life, so he could therefore be a sacrifice for me and you, delivering us from sin and judgment, which brought atonement and forgiveness. Well, I've only just scratched the surface of the symbolism found in the tabernacle. It's really a worthwhile study if you want to dig deeper. You have comments? You have questions? Let me know. Call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven, or send me a boostagram with your comment, or go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. See how easy I make it for you to contact me. I do read every comment, and I just might play your audio comment or read your comment on the show. Tomorrow will be History Tuesday, and our reading will be First Kings five through nine. We'll read about Solomon's building of the temple and a palace for himself. Our associate producer today is LifeSpring family Berean, Brother Paul of Seattle. He came in with his monthly $20 donation. God bless you, Paul. Thank you. And Lester Graber came in today with $25 and this note. Thank you, brother. Well, you're welcome, Lester, and thank you right back, brother. God bless you. Beloved, if the show is a blessing to you, if it has value, if it's added something good to your life, please consider donating to help keep it going. Find out more right here. LifespringMedia.com slash support. I believe God will bless you and I will thank you. Our next time of prayer together here on the show will be this coming Wednesday. And also remember that I will be adding a new segment to the show on Wednesday. I think you'll find it worth your time. Thanks to Scott Snyder, today's artist, and thanks to Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Jason Paschal, and Brittany. And now, until tomorrow, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your day. May God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. LifeSpring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004.